clearing the parking lot this week. Uh, it was pretty rough looking, but they came in and got everything cleared off, and so we're very grateful for what they did. They spent some time up here getting everything ready for today, and we're very grateful for their willingness to do so. If you're visiting here, we thank you for coming our way. We typically meet at 9 a.m. and then again on, at 1, 8, 1 p.m., rather, and so we're glad that you're here for our afternoon service. I want to introduce our lesson today, and I'm not going to really spend a lot of time preaching today. I've been battling a cold the past few days, and so I'm just going to maybe introduce the lesson and we'll get back to it, circle back, hopefully prayerfully next week. But in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the passage that Jordan read a moment ago, Paul, as you well know, said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is a powerful, powerful message. It's also intended to be provocative, and by that I mean the goal of the gospel and the presentation of truth is to evoke a response from those who hear. You remember back in John chapter 16, Jesus, of course, is engaged in a conversation with the apostles. He had informed them that he would be leaving them. In light of that, he promised that they would be the recipients of the Holy Spirit. And so in John chapter 16, Jesus said that it was to their advantage to, it was expedient for him to go away. He said, because if I do not go away, the Holy Spirit won't come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And then he said this about the work of the Holy Spirit. He said, he will convict the world of righteousness, of sin, righteousness, and the judgment to come. You see, the gospel is intended to convict the heart to change the hearts and lives of people. And many, many people throughout the ages have changed the course of their life because of this very powerful message. Those of us who want to preach and teach, the goal is to simply preach Christ and Him crucified. To make a very simple, straightforward presentation of the gospel of Christ. Paul would say to the church at Corinth many years ago, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, and ourselves as your servants for His sake. Paul said in an earlier letter, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul was intent on doing his dead-level best to present the gospel to a lost and dying world. Now, you remember Jesus in the Great Commission. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. When we make the decision to hear the Word of God, we have to ask ourselves, how will we respond? I was talking to a friend of mine back, well, it's been some time back, I'd say early part of December. He and I were doing some programming together. 
This brother has been preaching for the same congregation for 40 years. He said sometimes people would come to him and be upset because of the message that he had preached to them. He said, so I have to, when that happens, I have to just sit down and talk to them about it. Well, you know, when we hear the gospel, on the one hand, we could be receptive to the truth of God. On the other hand, we could reject what we hear. That's our choice, our prerogative. But from where I stand, if when we hear the gospel of Christ, if we are convicted, if we are corrected, if we are instructed, we ought to thank God. Let me tell you why I believe that. We ought to give God thanks when His Word challenges us. Because, quite frankly, there will come a time in the lives of some people who, because of their persistent rejection of truth, will no longer be able to respond favorably to the teaching of truth. In other words, their conscience becomes seared. That's what Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Their conscience becomes seared with a hot iron. Now you and I, we know what the branding process is, branding cattle. And the area that is branded on the side of an animal loses all feeling. When we hear the gospel of Christ, we do not want to be immune to what the Bible teaches. But rather, we want to have a soft, a soft heart. One that is willing to yield to the teaching of God. You remember when Paul called for the elders of the church? He's in Miletus. And he calls for the elders of the church from Ephesus to come to him. Down in verse 27, he made a very interesting statement of Acts chapter 20. I have not shunned to declare the whole counsel of God. When I decided to preach many years ago, it never entered my mind that there would be certain subjects that would be taboo. But rather, my understanding of the Scripture is, when it comes to the truth of God, that I, like Paul, have to preach the whole counsel of God. And let me tell you why. Because I have a responsibility resting upon my shoulders. All of us who preach, whether it be myself, Jared, Brother Billy, whomever, we have a grave responsibility resting upon our shoulders. And God will hold us accountable for not only what we preach, but what we may not preach. Now Paul said that he didn't shun, he didn't avoid preaching the whole counsel of God. Are there some subjects that are difficult to deal with? Well, the answer is yes. 
Are there some subjects that are sensitive in nature? Well, again, yes. Are there subjects that carry a lot of emotion with them? Again, the answer would be yes. But James said in chapter 3, verse 1, you remember in writing to the church or to the saints in the first century, he said, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive the heavier or stricter judgment. I don't think he's trying to discourage people from teaching or preaching for that matter. But I think what he is saying is, responsibility rests upon those of us who choose to preach and teach. And God's going to hold me accountable for everything I say and for that which maybe I fail to say. So what I want to do, what I want to try to do is to fulfill the charge. As Paul said, preach the gospel. Many years ago, I did a television program with Brother Garland Elkins. And some of you that have been around for a few years probably remember back in the day when Brother Elkins was on a program and various denominational preachers were on that program with him. I don't recall the name of the program. Do you, Brother Billy? What is your faith? Brother Elkins, if you knew Brother Elkins, you knew that here's a guy that when he preaches, he's going to give you book, chapter, and verse for everything. That's just how he was. But he said on one occasion that during the course of the program, he began with one and went one by one around the room, pointing in the faces of those who were preaching or who claimed to preach. And he quoted 1 Corinthians chapter 6, rather 1 Corinthians, when the Apostle Paul said in the long ago, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Now you could look at that in two ways. On the one hand, you could say, woe is me if I fail to discharge my responsibility of reaching people with the gospel of Christ, if I choose not to do that. But on the other hand, you could look at it from the vantage point, woe is me if I do not preach the truth of the gospel of Christ. Now, there are a lot of folks in the world today that claim to be preachers. I can think of one right now very prominent denominational preacher. I'm not going to call his name, but he fills a stadium full of people on a weekly basis. But you will never hear him say one negative thing. Can you be true to the gospel of Christ and never say anything negative? The very nature of the gospel is such that it carries a convicting message. Brother Gus Nichols said on one occasion, he was talking about young men who wanted to preach, and he said, look, if you can't quote the verse, he said, at least open the Bible and read it so God can get His say in the matter. Well, that's true, isn't it? Allow God to have His say in the matter. When the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul realized that he was at the end of the road, that death was imminent. 
And so in light of his imminent departure, he said, I charge you to preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. If you look at that, two-thirds is negative, isn't it? Are there things that we have to preach and teach that are sometimes difficult to preach and teach? Well, the answer is yes. But that doesn't diminish the responsibility that rests upon us in preaching and teaching. What I want to ask this afternoon is a very simple, yet in my mind, profound question. Can you preach the gospel and leave people alone? Can you do that? Would it be possible for me to preach the gospel and leave everyone alone? Never ruffle feathers? Never get people upset? Never have folks sometimes want to come after me? I understand that's a reality. But my job is to preach the gospel whether people like it or don't like it. And my goal is to share the gospel and even the hard truths of the gospel. If people like it, wonderful. If they don't, then my prayer would be that they'll go home, chew on what's been said, re-examine what the scriptures say, and then make whatever necessary adjustments are needed in life. The Lord willing, I want to circle back and talk next week about this very subject. I do it today, but I don't think my voice will allow it. But I want you to just very carefully consider the theme. Preach the gospel and leave everyone alone. Would it be possible for me, as I asked a moment ago, to stand in this pulpit week after week after week and preach the gospel and never offend anyone? That's not my intent. My intent's not to offend anybody. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. But I am trying to help people. And sometimes people have to be hurt before they can be helped if that makes sense. If you've ever had a surgical procedure, I remember many years ago, I ruptured a disc lifting weights. I didn't know what I'd done. I just remember feeling a pop. And the pain became incredibly intense. And for several months, I tried to go to the gym and work around it. And I'd talk to some buddies of mine. And I'd say, you know, I'm having this problem. I've got this pain. And I'm just trying to work around it. Well, finally, I, I wisened up and went to my regular doctor. And he said, look, you've ruptured a disc. You need surgery. Well, I didn't know that. The pain was 24-7, never let up. 
And I remember when I came out of the operating room and came out of the anesthesia, the pain was gone. I had just a little bit of numbness in the tip of my finger where prior to the surgery, my left arm was numb, my chest, my back numb, the pain incredible. Well, what's my point? Well, the doctor had to cut my throat open and replace that disc. And he put it all together with a titanium plate. But he hurt me to help me. So in the presentation of the gospel, it might be that you're hurt, but the intent is to help. I want to close our time together this afternoon by reminding you that we're here because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who paid the price for our sins. And Paul in the long ago understood the magnitude of that death. He would say, thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. We are all the beneficiaries of what Christ did on Calvary. Without the shedding of His blood, no one will be saved. So here's my question to you. Do you enjoy the benefits and blessings of the blood of Jesus in your life? If you haven't been baptized into Christ and your baptism is preceded by faith in Christ, repentance of sin, confessing the name of Christ, when you are immersed in water, you contact the blood, you rise to walk in newness of life, and you enjoy a new status in life. You're a Christian, a saint, a child of God, a priest of the Most High God. It might be that you're here this afternoon. Maybe your life's not what it ought to be. And maybe there have been times in your life when you have read the truth of God and you didn't like what you read because it contradicted your lifestyle. It might be that you've listened to lessons and the lessons have bothered you. Well, to understand that the intent of Scripture is to bring about change in life. You see, if you're in Christ and you're not what you ought to be, you can come back home. You can enjoy a relationship with the Lord again. But you have to be humble enough to do what's right. Here's what John said many years ago. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want to encourage you this afternoon, if you're here, and maybe you like the prayers of the church. You want to be stronger. You want to grow in your faith. Maybe there are things that are amiss in your life and you want God to forgive you. Look, we'd be happy, honored to pray with you and for you as we stand and sing.